Hey, Deke, what the fuck is this place? Uh, Zan, I was following you. We've been just going in circles for a while, and this is where this fucking town, what the... We've been what? walking around for what seems like days. I, I don't know, but that's... What the, the spiral up in the sky oh. is making me feel kind of nauseous. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my shoes. Either way, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, creepy spirals, <coughs> klepto store employees, blood-sucking maternity wards, revolving ramen displays, jack-in-the-box zombies, and a cat chef. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 117. I can't eat a bowl of ramen without spiral fish cake! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spike and Mong Review. This is your host, Zan, and with me is... Your co-host, Deke. Hey, Deke, how you doing? It's been a while. You didn't come on since before the New Year. Ah, so Happy New Year to you, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners out there. Yes, Happy New Year, everybody. Well, we already said Happy New Year before, but it's just retro again. <laughs> Either way, for those who don't know, Spy can decide that provides information views about manga. Every episode we'll review one or two titles, depending on the situation. We tell you what the art style is, what the plot's like, how the characters are, and just let you know if it's even worth reading or not. So that way you don't go to the bookstore, you see a title, you pick it up, you read the jack copy, and it seems really interesting, then you pay $10, you bring it home, and it's complete nut shit. Don't want that happening, you guys. That is not fair... It's like being raped and not getting an apology. Or at least flowers or dinner. <laughs> yeah, I like to be, yeah. I, I like I like some sort of food or, you know, uh, some sort of uh, a gift before I get fucked in the ass. Or, you, or even after, too, you know. Uh, either way. Either way. You can check us out at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com. Or you can email me at deke.spirekin at gmail.com. Or zan at spirekin.com. You can call us at 206-350-842 and leave us a voice message. We will play that on air. And we're under Twitter, under Spirekin, and on Facebook, under Spirekin Mong Review Group. You can also check out our boards at spirekin.darkbb.com. Just check out all the zany hilarity that goes on. In our numerous contests, currently we are done with them, because, like I said last time, we're done with the majority of the comments, including the vote for the movie review podcast, our sister podcast, the new theme for next month. And we're going to have some pretty good stuff, including, well, well, that's a sword and sorcery month, but for the manga review, we're going to do something a little different. We're thinking about making a little pick your favorite manga character, your favorite manga artist. Maybe that would be good. I don't know. Kind of difficult. Nah, there are, I don't know. Because we do theme episodes all the time, but theme months are kind of difficult, because I've done three theme months in the last year, and they were okay, but kind of got boring after a while because it's all stuff I liked or stuff I didn't like you know like our Moe episode where me and Cal shit on it okay he had nothing but contempt for those series I was I didn't like it either but he was venomous about it he still talks about like I hate shit books so much mean sketchbook no nope. uh, I never read it so I don't know it's good you would be traumatized completely <laughs> either way so, before we get into our reviews, which if you remember from the last episode, I spun something, and Deke is actually going to be reviewing something he picked just on the sly. So we actually have news today. Ooh. We have some real world news, and we have actual manga news. Manga news. Now, 
The first one is pretty simple. Now, for those who don't know, Clamp, this very huge all-girl group, they release a bunch of interesting stuff. Now, one of their most popular series is this thing called Holic, or XXX Holic. They have another series called Holic Row. And this manga, which is a spinoff of Holic, is going to be canceled. It's done. They're finished. They're finishing it off, and it's going to come out in March. So Holic is finished. Hopefully that signifies that the actual series will be done, because honestly... Holic has gotten really stupid. I mean, I love the series, but now it just got really dumb. Now, what, what does Holic even stand for? Uh, the XXX is for um, variable. You know, like okay. alcoholic, chocoholic, oh, okay. about sexaholic. Exactly. It's about wi- the series is about wishes. And once I got rid of, well, that's spoiling it. We'll get to that for the Holic review eventually. We'll get to a Clamp episode because I know some of you are like, oh my god, they're starting to talk about Clamp. Oh, you guys talk about X. What are you going to talk about? Zan, you're making my brain confused in the spirals. Calm down. Either way, <laughs> so that's the first bit of news. The next bit of news is a little bit more simple. Now, there's a cool manga series called Bakukyaku Kazoka, or the Bakugayako family. It's about a bunch of teenage rebels who they grew up as a family. Like four brothers was. There were four adopted brothers and they grew up as a family. They're going to make a live action movie of this. And this series came out originally in 94 to 2004. It might be good, might not be. It was actually created by Hiroshi Tanaka who's done some good stuff, nothing much. Have you guys, have you reviewed that yet? No, we're going to get to that eventually. It's all on the list of, well, the one, the only. Well, we'll save that. I know some of you are like, he's going to say it. He's, no, no. When you guys at Xbox Live are playing me and you guys say, you have to say it, Zan. It's kind of a little... Do they, uh, like, do do, do your listeners get uh, chills whenever they hear the... The one. The The funniest thing is that one guy, one guy, he was like, we were playing when I had Halo 3. He's playing, he's like, you gotta say it, man. You gotta say it. <laughs> and this is actually in the missing episode. We talked about this, but I'll bring it up. So he's saying, and he keeps pestering me about it, and he keeps sniping me, because he's a freaking sniper bitch in the level. He kept sniping me, he kept sniping yeah. me, and I was like, fuck it. So I went, and I got the freaking stealth suit. I got a freaking plasma grenade. I got up behind him, <laughs> and right when I stuck him, we're <laughs> bitch! <laughs> And then he blew up, and he was like, "Oh my god, that was the that was one of the best deaths I've ever had." It was awesome. Delete his account after that. It could not get any better for him. Okay. Uh, okay. So the up. Uh, so, but yes, it was awesome. So another news. Now the U.S. librarians. Now they're a bunch of crazy people. They're actually from an association called the Young Adult Library Services Association. They've released a list of their top ten novels for teens in 2011 that they're gonna be voting for the best graphic novel of the year. And it's kind of interesting how most of them are vertical ink. It's pretty intriguing how you look at it. Well, because you have, on the list, you have Cross Games, which is about, well, baseball. And that's actually by Viz. No, I'm wrong, it was Viz, you're right. So, either way, back thing. Well, either way, the entire title, it's (laughs) interesting that it's a lot of very diverse manga that you have in this. You have Cross Games, which is about sports. You have Arisa, which I don't know what it's about. You have Library Wars. Yes, of course, that would be on the librarian's list. Library Wars, what could they possibly... It's like going out in search of, a, of the, the first edition of uh, Huckleberry Finn or something. Actually, like it's about uh, the, the series. From what I heard, it's about there's a it's a totalitarian society, and you have like the group of librarians or these secret agents who are trying to keep the stuff keep, out of keep the, the keep it from being burned in yeah. Nazi fire. 
it's pretty That's cool. actually kind of cool. I'd be interested in something like that. You have Bukurano, which I've heard mixed about. I don't even know what's about. You have Natsumi's Book of Friends, which is kind of a what-the-fuck <laughs> series, because it's about a guy who finds a book that his grandmother left him, and inside the book is a bunch of names. He doesn't know what the fuck it is. Turns uh, out that all those names are spirits that her his grandmother trapped, and now they're coming after him, trying to get him to give them their name back. That's not cool. <laughs> so it's, it's like, oh, your grandmother was a witch. And now you're being haunted by her misgivings. Well, they're they're not. They're e- all evil monsters. Oh, like, that's you know, even like, better. Thanks, Grams. Yeah, Biomega, which was... <laughs> actually I gotta say, Natsume's Book of Friends, like that that actually sounds like like uh, you know if some dude found his sister's uh, you know diary or something, and like you know remember in uh, Mean Girls how yes. they had the burn book or whatever. Yeah, and that's what it kind of sounds like. It does. It does. Which actually probably is a manga in some incarnation or another. Yeah, the, we won't speak of such things. <laughs> you have House of Five Leaves, which looks kind of... It's Natsumi Ono, so it should be good. You have Not Simple. I have no idea what that's about. You have After School Charisma. I have no idea what that's about. You have by DMP, Itazika Na Kiss, which I've never heard of. Yes! From Vertical Inc., you have one of the best series ever, Seven Billion Needles, based on the sci-fi series Needles. What's it about? Um, Long story short, girl has... Uh, house guest from space who says yeah I need you to help me stop an evil force that's going to destroy the planet and then inadvertently she gets another house guest the evil force yeah. so now it's kind of like hey one side I'm evil I want to destroy the universe other side no I'm going to make sure that you don't do anything so it's like that. <laughs> you have Black Butler which all the fangirls love <laughs> Black Butler hmm what could that be about <laughs> is it actually about a Black Butler like Blackula because that's what I'm picturing no it's Different than that. <laughs> uh, you have Twin Spica, which is a series I enjoy. Belchan doesn't like it all, and Cal was like, "What the fuck is this about?" It's it's hard sci-fi. Okay. And then one other series, which I'm surprised is not on there, which is number one actually on this list, which is Saturn Apartments. I showed you. It's about the guy who lives in oh, space. Oh yeah. And that he's I, a window washer. That was pretty neat. That's. Well, I don't mean I wouldn't say it was fucking top ten, but I guess this is the young young library, uh, young adult library. Uh, Ironically, on the 55 fiction graphic novels of the year, surprisingly, your manga is on there. Oh, shit. I don't know why. It's in the top ten. Ooh. And also reels in there, but that's about... Okay, other news we have is Ariu Team Medical Dragon manga is ending this month. And for those of you who don't know, Team Medical Dragon is about Dr. Ryutaku Asada, a genius surgeon regarded as a renegade in the eyes of other Japanese doctors because of his methods. Essentially, it is, if you've ever played Trauma Center, that's what this is. It's Trauma Center. Except you don't actually get to play it. Yes. But still those <laughs> life and death situations and he has the hands of God. I think it's like a third rate blackjack, honestly. Oh, okay. That was the one that that was the, the other one where the guy was the, he was fucked in the ass by the head of the hospital and like he had to he, No, that's he monster. Didn't that's monster. Oh monster. He didn't yes. rescue the uh the yeah. yes. fucking mayor. Which we reviewed all the way back in episode thirty something. Oh. Okay, and the last bit of news for manga we have is that Tokyo Pop, even though they've been going under slowly, their licenses have been getting lost, whatnot, they've decided to completely sell out to one of the most evil conglomerates in the comic book universe. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about Diamond Book Distributors. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, so officially Diamond now has a hold on Bandai, Dark Horse Comics, Digital Manga Publishing, Udon Entertainment. Yaoi Press, yay for that, and Tokyo Pop. So all they need left is Viz, and they have the entire conglomerate. All right, so Diamond. Well, Marvel no longer works for them. DC still goes through them. Okay, so like, what? Are, 
So what's the negatives of Diamond? Because obviously Tokyo Pop couldn't handle their shit, and they actually had to Diamond, sell out with these guys. Um, they force you to pay a certain amount for your. So I, I run a I run a comic store. If you say, okay. I run a comic store. I go to Diamond Distributors. I order something. They're going to say, hey, you need to order this amount before we'll ship you stuff. So it's not like I can order only one copy. You have to order 50 copies of this, 50 copies of that. And then that's the only place now, that's the only place you can get those books. Hopefully Viz holds out. And right now, their other thing is that Diamond is announcing that they're going to put all orders from the troubled bookstore chain Borders on hold as the chain struggles to make payments for publishers, which means... Borders guess- is fucked, man. Yes, everyone's saying that Barnes and Noble is going to be screwed. If Barnes and Noble is screwed, I will leave the fucking country. No, I... actually, I heard Barnes and Noble is actually making a, a comeback. Like there was a like a Yahoo article not too long ago. I didn't read it. I should have. Basically, they were saying that Borders was flopping while Barnes and Noble is bouncing back. So as long as Barnes and Noble stays around and we get another one, I'll be happy with that. Yeah. Because bookstores should stay around. Because, hey, we wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for bookstores. That's Us true. going to the bookstore and saying, hey, I want to read this. Read. I mean, we do try to buy stuff instead of just sitting in the aisles. Like, some freaking people. Like, most people. Sometimes it's like a bunch of bodies laying around on the on the ground. In front know. of the graphic novel section, sitting there going, hey, man, you read this manga yet? It's like, look, if you want to read it, buy it. Come on. I mean, I, I do it, too. We do it, too. I mean, I have the money, but I will go back and buy shit. I won't sit there for... Well, actually, I do sit there for hours and read books, but I will buy yeah, the book eventually. Like uh, us the other day. That's what we did. Yeah, we, we I, went, I we went through... I freaking dropping some coin down that day. Yes. And let's... Well, we should... Ooh, we should hurry a little bit because we're kind of a little behind schedule. We've been recording for maybe 14 minutes. And use your news a little... So, last bit of news. Last bit of news is kind of important. A little bit weird. For those who don't know, astrologers have gone insane. <laughs> and brought down everybody with them. Yes. They, of, of course, they brought back an old tenant and said that because of some astrological mumbly-jumbly, which I don't even want to get into. Yeah, something about freaking uh, pagan rituals. And the, and, the, and the gravitational thing of the moon. What happened is that now... There is a 13th astrological sign, and everyone's sign has moved over somehow. And for me, it affects the most because the fact that my astrological sign has changed dramatically. I am now the new non-existent, or uh, the new 13th one, which is some weird snake hand one. <laughs> that is ridiculous. I thought it was ridiculous because if you look, everything is evened out except for number 12, which is Scorpio. Scorpio is fucked up. It's now three days. I'm like, really? You couldn't kind of just take one from each one and even it out? No, you're going to say, I'm going to make up my own. That is stupid. But it doesn't it doesn't retroact anybody, right? Like, you're, like I'm always going to be a Libra. Always. I have to be because I was born under that sign. It's not like I can just become something else no, they about said when that, you were born. But they said I've always been that number. As horseshit. Because now I'm, they want me to be a Virgo. I'm like, what the fuck is a Virgo? I don't Same even know Same thing. That. I'm... If you look at my personality, I am the classic case of a Sagittarius. I have all things. I have constant wanderlust. I have a bunch of friends, and I prefer not being in bars. I prefer hanging out with friends at home or going out outdoor events. I don't like it. You know, I'm somewhat introverted. I'm intelligent. I have the whole fact of, well, that's we can't really talk about because that would bring questions into mind, and people who are listening would bring questions and such things. Get away from the questions. Yes, away from the questions. I even called someone who I swore I'd never call in order to find out information about this because this person is a huge astrology nut and they even confirmed this is they were like what the fuck Listen, I'll always be a Libra man all about balance all about scales justice 
plus I can fill in every kind of void that, that may be there. Like, that's what I do. I, I balance out the situation. Zan's crazy. I'm crazy too, but crazy in a different way. And it all equals out. That's how we can be so cohesive. Exactly. That's why we work. That's why we're entertaining. That's why I've heard a lot of our episodes are the favorites. Last thing I must note. Officially, in anime-related news, the Berserk movie is going to be coming out at the end of the year. Ooh, Berserk. Now, for those of you who are pissed off that's not a TV series, myself included, I think that it'll be okay as long as they don't just show the entire series again. If they do, then it will be horseshit. But enough of this. It's that time we've all been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the manga review. Yes, we, we have a couple mangas to review and we should get on with it, especially since it's almost 12. Alright, so if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I, with Cal, I spun the Wheel of Manga and it dictated onto me that I'd be reviewing, well, Honestly, it's a comedy. It was a comedy series that I've heard a little bit about. I actually heard about it the first time in Aaron and Noah's culinary manga panel, which you can hear in one of our supplementals. She was talking about this, and I was like, this kind of sounds interesting. And this got released over here by Tokyopop. There's four volumes. Only two are out. There is an anime Flash series. It's actually released online, so it's Flash animation. And there's a live-action movie for this. And that I thought was pretty inventive. It looks very odd. Actually, the Flash, like, I haven't seen it, obviously. It looks like it'll totally work for this series. And surprisingly enough, that trailer for the film made me really want to get into this series. It's pretty ridiculous. And what series am I talking about? I'm talking about, and it's a Senate series. That's the thing. We're the demographic for it. People over the age of 20 <laughs> are the demographic. And this is brilliant, because it makes perfect sense. It's not a... Well, most of you guys are like, okay, he's talking the old man talk now, so we'll get on with it. No, pipe down and I'll slap you in the back of the head. <laughs> Seriously, we'll get on to it. And this, anyone, I think, anyone can enjoy. Adults, kids, or whatever. And this is Nickel Ramen! Now, Nickel Ramen, for those you don't know, it's a four comb like that. So it's another series where I'm not going to say the entire plot synopsis. I'm going to break it down straight up what it is. And what is Nickel Ramen about? It's about a cat that owns a ramen shop. Oh, okay, I know plenty of those. Oh, wait, no, no, I don't? What the fuck? Exactly, it's it's an, abs- it's an absurd concept, but it's brilliant, because it's literally, the cat owns the ramen shop, and he cooks. And it's all the trials and tribulations that he has, and it's all in four panels. Like, it's something you could read in the Sunday comics, or some people say, the Sunday funnies. <laughs> or or however you want to say it. But or, that's 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 in the same vein as, like, a Calvin and Hobbes type, or even, a, even like, a Garfield, you know? Exactly, like a, and it's something simple, nuts. and it has one cohesive story that does follow it, does follow over time, which is nice. It's like, we said, Azumanga Dio, as we said, Lucky Starts. Something interesting. And it's very flowing, and it's very comical. And now, there's some reoccurring characters, like in most comic strips, and this one has, well, our main character, whose name is Taisho, or Chief Boss. And who is Taisho? He is the sole proprietor of Neko Ramen. He's a cat. He's specifically a American short hair. Okay. And he's white. His real name apparently is William Thomas Jefferson III. <laughs> that sounds like a cat name. Like a crazy fucking ape shit old lady cat name. Oh, come here, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Mr. Hinkley, where are you, little yes. Veronica Withers? And we can get into his backstory in a little bit. But So he owns this restaurant. And he is a cat, so he has some of the little problems, like the fact that he doesn't know how to cook ramen. He knows, sort of, he has a master who taught him how to cut things and how to prepare things, but he has little mistakes. Like, for example, when he makes rice balls to serve with the ramen, he's got, he doesn't have hands, he has paws. So it's all kind of misshapen and 
cat hairs all in it. Like, <laughs> do I really want to eat this? Oh yeah, imagine that cat whipping up your your rice cake, and then he's like just freaking hacking up a fur ball, like in the in the. Oh no, like, he's good with garbage. No, he's good with <laughs> with the ha- with, he doesn't hack, but he does other things. Like example, you have that he explains he has. Well, there's this one. Like get to the second character who is the foil to. Taisho, because Taisho is insane. He does crazy stuff. I mean, the fact is, at one point, you find that he has a driver's license and a medical license. He can perform <laughs> surgery and he could drive. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you have the second character, who is Mr. Tanaka, uh, Koichi Tanaka. And he's just this young businessman who is the only guy who's ever at the ramen shop. He's the you, only customer. You, I mean, you see someone occasionally walk in, but it's primarily he's the only one. He's one or two times. Why am I the only one here? <laughs> I love all the the cat piss smell. No, no, he hates it. But he does. He (laughs) hates it. He doesn't understand why. Like the first time he sees uh, Taisho waves him in. He takes ramen's disgusting. So the next day, he walks by and he looks. Guess who's looking out the window? It's the cat. She's like, okay, I'll go on and buy. And he's constantly eating it. And he he's the straight man. Like every. He's, he's kind of like the C-3PO type character for this guy, right? A little bit, but he's more like the guy who stuff happens to. In Monty Python, Michael Palin. Okay. Michael Palin constantly plays this one character who is glasses, thin, who's always, if something goes, he, something horribly goes wrong to him, and he's still right. kind of straight, the straight man about it. That's how it is. Okay. If it wasn't for his friendship with the cat, he, nothing would go on in his life, basically. Exactly. Okay. He, he's very... Constantly looking for a decent meal. He never gets at this thing. And some of these are insane. He just can't stop. <laughs> like, the first time he goes in there, he's like, oh, this looks kind of cool. Cause he's, like, he's like, you don't believe that a, a cat can make ramen? I can make ramen. I've studied. <laughs> and he does all this cool stuff. He hands him the ramen. He goes, he's like, this could be really... He eats it disgusting. <laughs> you're like, well, why? I did everything right. I cut it. I, I, I mixed the broth. I put it... I, I cooked it, then I put it in the refrigerator for an hour, and like, wait, he put it in the refrigerator after cooking it for an hour, and this is ramen, which is supposed to be hot. Yeah. Right. Okay, it's wrong. And then later on, he does something where he says, I'm going to make ice cold ramen. So he makes ramen, he puts ice cubes in it. A little too cold. So he says, fine. He puts a sign outside saying, no longer serving ice cold ramen. <laughs> serving cold ramen. <laughs> or he's like, alright, do you want thin noodles or thick noodles? Uh, I think I want thin noodles. Okay. And he overcooks it. Ah, oh, nice. Then another time Taisho goes, he's like, I, I got an idea. This idea will work. We'll have a revolving uh, uh, display where you can pick the, cu- you know, it's like the revolving sushi restaurants yeah, where yeah. you pick the different style you want. He goes, he picks it up and he tastes it like, oh god, it's all overcooked. <laughs> or another time, it's he's like, he hears someone stole his idea. He's like, what do you mean? Someone stole my Neko ramen idea. I want you to see what happened. So, being his kind of friend, he goes to this other guy's restaurant. And he sees the guy; he's wearing a cat suit. It's like, <laughs> and he goes back to Taisho and says, "Taisho, it's, this is what happened." And he's like, "Oh, I see. So I must do something equally evil, something more intelligent." The next day, Tanaka goes to the restaurant. Taisho's wearing a fish costume, and you're like, "Really? You're already cute as <laughs> what the hell?" That's 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 clever, though. That's it, it's it's funny. very it's, clever. It sounds cute and like zen. It's it's you know? cute, and there's other characters also. Like the next character you have is Mi Chan. Mi Chan is this youngster who works for Taicho, and Mi Chan is a cat. And unlike with Taicho, who's anthropomorphic, he stands like a human. He wears clothes. Yeah. Mi Chan is a cat, so he's like Mi Chan. I need you to get our customer a glass of water. So Mi Chan walks over like a cat to the water dispenser and hits the button. So they go, oh wait, is Mi Chan going to be able to pull her? Nope. Water comes down. Mi Chan immediately puts her head in the water and starts drinking it. <laughs> 
And eventually, I'm surprised the cat didn't freak out and just start clawing and hissing at this shit. Well, Meechan eventually leaves because he says, oh, she met some fella and they eloped. And then the next day you see Meechan waiting outside the restaurant with like five kittens. And she's just sitting there and like, Tanaka's like, what's that about? Oh, she wants her job back. <laughs> and then later on, like, what is it? It's like a manga later. He's sitting there. And he's like, oh, you want a free kitten? Give him, give Snack like three kittens. He's like, what is that for? He's like, well, me got knocked up again. Oh, like, God. It's pretty funny. So then you have the next person who is his second assistant, who's a part-timer that he runs. And this is this older guy with chin beard and glasses. And he works for cat treats. He's a man, though. He's a man. And he works for cat treats. Yes. And he's his assistant. Does he dress in a cat costume? No. Is he a furry? No. Does he rape cats? No. <laughs> just happy to be there? He just cooks, and the thing is that Tanaka's like, oh, he's a human, he could cook better, taste the ramen. <laughs> it's exactly the same. And so... Um, well, it is the, it is the cat's shop. You know? So the cat says, you know what, I'm going to make a second shop, you're going to run it. And so you go to the second shop, second shop, he goes there. Again, he's the only patron. And that's the first time you meet him. Then next, later on, he goes back to it and it says, Nekoramen Shop 2 and Ornament Store. He walks inside, the store is jam-packed. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Then later on, he goes in and says, Nekoramen Store number 2, an electronic store. Walks in, jam-packed. <laughs> then third time, Nekoramen Store number 2 and Flea Market. Walks in, jam-packed. Yes. It's, so that's the running <laughs> gag. So... He eventually leaves. Then you have, later on, because he needs some more help, he decides to hire someone. And I know this is stupid. It's like saying, and then... <laughs> but it's kind of funny to hear how this goes. So he has a choice between three people. A dog, who he hates. Okay. There's a cat who's sitting there. And there's a bum. And this guy looks like a bum. He's long-haired, shaggy Jesus beard, scrubby. <laughs> and he's like, so who should I hire? And he looks, and you see them working the register, and the cat's just sitting there kind of uh, rolling on his back on the register. Obviously the cat doesn't work. You see the dog, dog just looking at it going bar, 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 bar. Then you see the, the bum Guess what he's doing He's opened the register and he's taking the money out <laughs> Putting it in his pockets And so, and he looks at Tanaka Like, who should I hire? And Tanaka's like, Are you, you should hire He's like, well go with the cat at least The guy's stealing your money So Tanaka comes back the next day Guess who's at the register Ah, oh, it's the bum, isn't it? Yep, and he's, he's hiring him And he kind of says No, no, no It doesn't go in your pocket You put it in, You put the change In the register <laughs> And then there's a running gag There's a thief who keeps coming in He's gonna I'm gonna rob this This ramen store First time he comes in Taisho sees him He's like, oh shit And he takes off his Takes off his head wrap Takes off his apron And he goes Meow oh. And the guy walks in He's like Oh, damn it No one's here He can't rob the store Runs away It's the next time which is like after uh, the bum Sangikun is hired, he runs in. He's like, "This time I'm going to rob him for sure." And he sees this scrubby guy putting all the money in his pockets. Like, "Oh shit! Someone beat me to it." <laughs> That's very funny. And so, That's cool. So it's like little things like that. Then just like small running gags here and there, and just like it's a, it's, it's inventive. It is cute. It's funny. I would like to read more of it. It's only got two volumes right now. And the other thing is that there's a whole subplot where his father was a model. And you're like, wait, wait, what? Yeah, he? He was like, like a, a Frisky's model? Yeah, like a Frisky's model. He has a bow in his ear and he's super cute. And he wanted Taisho to follow in his footsteps. There's a whole fight between them. Because his son said, I don't want to be cute anymore and I want to be a ramen shop restaurant. This whole thing is kind of... Alright, so it's a, how does one actually dissect the relationship between a, a father, supermodel, talking cat... 
and his rebellious ramen shop owning talking son. cat. Exactly, <laughs> it's you, it's very difficult and just odd. Now, the art style is very simplistic. It's not very in depth. It's not very. It's typical, very simple drawing, and it's cute for it. It works. It's not as cute as Cheese Sweet Home, but it's pretty cool. I like the story. It's inventive. It's easy enough to keep my attention. The only problem is that I want more of it, and there isn't enough of it online or in the stores. So for that reason, I have to give it our... Well, for those who don't know, we have a five-point rating system. Unlike other sites which have, like, you know, we're going to give it ten points out of ten or five stars. We use phrases. And our lowest rating is take it to a priest, purify it, and then burn it. Enough said. Next one is uh, typical reading material at your local correction facility or psychiatric institute. This has got one thing wrong. Our middle of the ground, which is a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. Okay, but forgettable. Then you have the rating I'm going to give this, which is borrowed from a friend and don't return unless offered Pocky. It was really good, but it does not get our highest rating, which is really, really, really fucking cool. If you do not buy it now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell up, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zomo Gustar. Bwahahaha. Halo Palacho. But it gets uh, borrowed from a friend because it's it's good. It's really good. But I would like more of it, and just I would say just because of the uh, the nature of it, it, it can't be. It can't be. The, yeah, the highest. It can't. It's 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 uh, something to read. I mean, when I look at it, it's interesting. But then I could put it down. And I'll walk away. I won't even think about it. But when you read it, it's fun. It's a fun little read. If you like cats, you'll love it. If you don't like cats, you might like it. If you like Garfield, you'll, you'll find it hysterical. It's just so ridiculous. And I like the fact that they made the point that it's only Taisho, his father, and his brothers who can speak. No other cat can speak. No other cat is anthropomorphic. And I think that's kind of inventive. It's like if they took yes. Garfield and made just Garfield. Uh, well, they did that in the movie, but if they just did that in general, that was just Garfield. That was anthropomorphic. Yeah, well, and what's cool about Garfield, too, though, I think is, obviously, it separates itself. It's very similar, but it's not. Nobody else can hear Garfield. It's all about just John. He's the dickhead. And then, like, Garfield, his thoughts are are our thoughts. There's actually a, a website out there. It's called Garfield Without Garfield. I think that's the name of it. But basically, they just take out Garfield in all the comic strips, and then it's like... You know, just John talking to himself, and Garfield has been erased from the fucking from the frame. Check it out; it's kind of funny. It's actually it makes it, it's just it's it's worth it. It's worth checking out. <laughs> As you, yeah, it's it's inventive and different. What else can I say about this? Just I'd say check it out. It's like I said, even if you don't like Cheese Sweet Home, you'll like this. Now, Cheese Sweet Home, for those who don't know, where I've listened to that episode, episode seventy six, I think. It's about, well, a catkin who gets lost in her trials and tribulations. Gets adopted by a family, and it's very cute and oobly. This isn't oh. that cute. This is more, like, funny. Just odd. Yeah, it's absurd. And and Tokyo Pop released it, so, hey, it's on topic. <laughs> and it was written, oh, I forgot, completely. Written by Kenji Son- Sonisha and published by Mag Garden. Forgot about that completely. I should have said that earlier, but, yeah. So... So hold on, this collection, it's actually just like a comic strip in a magazine? Yeah. that's what it looks like. Yeah, comic, a lot of... Comic uh, Blade Mass Immune? Yeah, most. Yeah, it was re- released in uh, Comic Blade Mass Immune, which it's released every week. It's a weekly. Oh, that's cool. Unlike with uh, Lucky Press... Uh, sorry, Lucky Star, which was released every so often. So this is relatively new, right? Uh, 2006. Okay. Yeah. 2006 it came out. That's not bad. So, either way... <laughs> We should get on with all. well we have a surprise as you know because I said I spoiled that Dixon reviewing something and well 
how did you come about well huh. getting into reviewing? It, I, I understand it's a pretty shocking concept. Uh, me being on the manga review as opposed to the sister podcast the movie review. It's been a while since I got into anime and manga. Well, I should say manga. Years ago, I remember getting in, you'd show me stuff and be like, okay, because I was always into like American comics, you know, whatever, and you're into manga. So we, yes, my, my locker full of yes, manga. The, the, the te- it was like a teetering tower. It was like one of those, those classic, uh, you open up the, the locker and it's just like shit fucking explodes out, paperwork and books and all this. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember you were big into Ron Mahaff. That was like my first pretty much introduction into manga, besides obviously like Dragon Ball and that junk. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, we're in Borders, which we were talking about earlier, because occasionally me and Zahn hang out and don't record podcasts, but sometimes we go out and just hang out. So we're in the mall. Watch movies, trolling. Yeah, you know. And scaring... Scaring old women in the mall, you know, saying how we would like to eat babies, (laughs) and just watching them react to us. But that's neither here nor there. So we're in Borders, and you have their nice manga section, and... We are just kind of there, hanging for a while, and going through books. Zahn was showing me stuff, and we came to the this particular series, and um, I said, okay, and I gave it a f- quick flip, and I was kind of drawn to it. So, you know, we went through some more stuff, but I, I, I kind of had my heart set on this. It kind of kind of sucked me in, like a, like a whirlpool, into, into it, so I was intrigued. So, I laid down the money, I bought the whole fucking series. Which I'm surprised, because most people just buy the first one, and I was like, whoa, he's buying all three of them, but... So I figured if I was into it, like, because I, I was that set, I was like, you know what, I'm, there's only three, like, some of these, you know, I look at your bookshelf here, and it's like fucking hundreds of series, and like, Ron was... 36. I know that's probably the last one. Yep. In the in second printing, too. <laughs> so I went, if this uh, series was 36 books long, I wouldn't have bought the whole thing. It was only three. So I, you know, I just, I said, what the fuck? I'll buy it. It's 30 bucks. Not too big of a hit. But, uh, yeah, so, so I gave it a shot. So what is the book about? Or who, okay, so basically, it's a horror manga written by Junji Ito. Wait, wait, where have we heard that? I've heard that name before. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, uh, let's see. He did. He's most well known for a, another horror series, uh, Tomei, about an immortal girl, and um, uh, what's that other book? Uh, uh, Gyo. Oh, Gyo! Yeah, Mason reviewed that back in episode six. It's about weird fish creatures. Definitely check it out. <laughs> so it, I'm assuming this is really fucked up. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah, actually, it's really fucked up. Uh, a little backstory on uh, Junji Ito. His main influences were Umezu, who uh, you guys also covered back way back in episode three. Oh, yeah, Drifting Classroom. And he did Cat-Eyed Boy, which is a really, well, blah, serious. It's pretty freaky. Uh, you know, I've, I've gone back and I've looked. Um, and also, more importantly, H.P. Lovecraft, which uh, called Thulhu uh, and... You know, all that kind of crazy fucking... Where it's, yeah, where it's not that the, it's that you're scared of monsters. It's more that you're scared of, like, an, a thing you can't understand. It's like it's a natural phenomenon. Like, the fact that there's an... In one of the books, it was there's an undescribable color that no one could describe. And if you looked upon it, you'd go slowly insane. It's like the Cthulhu thing. It's, he's not a monster. He's an elder god that supposedly... He's something which you wouldn't understand. And just looking at him would cause you to... Fuck your brain to melt. Yeah, it's all it's all it's psychological. All this stuff that you know he talks about, and there's a lot of there's heavy heavy uh, psychological influences in this manga series. Um, 
But he must be fucking batshit crazy for for doing this. Yeah, he, he it seems like um, okay. So there's a concept. So what series am I talking about? I'm talking about the one, the only, Uzumaki. Ah, spiral, which is literally what it means, spiral. Spiral, and yes, that's. Let basically... me see that cover for a second. Yes, there's spirals on the cover too. There's spirals on the back, and it's it's filled with spirals. It's a very in the nice first frame. It's a very nice design for. Oh, cover. jackets are nice. Everything looks good. First thing you do is you open up the the manga, and then if you if you flip through it, there's some pretty graphic images in it. It's in color. Holy the, shit! Yeah, the first uh, couple frames are in color, and what is striking about it is the art. The artwork is phenomenal. Basically, opens up a girl standing on top of a hill, and she says, "Oh, let me tell you about this place where I grew up." And the name is Krozucho. That's where she grew up. Something crazy happened there. That's how it starts out. And then she runs into the town, and you're basically this girl, Kiri Goshima. You know, she's a typical high school student. She has a boyfriend, Shuichi. And basically, you don't find out anything about her yet. Uh, She basically just meets the other characters. So the first character she meets is her boyfriend, Shuichi's father, who's transfixed in an alley uh, and you know she's calling his name she's like oh hey what's up hello sir but he doesn't hear her. he's he's fucking like staring at something and she's like what the fuck so she kind of gets in closer and you zoom in and it's like a fucking he's transfixed on a snail more importantly the spiraled shell of the snail but he doesn't answer her at all so he there's something going on okay it's a little crazy so she meets up with her boyfriend shuichi who's you know just kind of like a regular dude he's saying that there's something weird about the town he wants to run away he wants to get out because something's strange his father's becoming obsessed with spirals how obsessed are we talking we're talking about batshit crazy fucking the living room is now his spiral collection he collects everything with a spiral shape kimonos fucking springs, watches, and and just like anything with a spiral. He can't eat miso soup without swirling whirlpools in it. It's it's just a crazy obsession. So that's how it begins. And I think Shuichi, he goes to school in a different town or something. That doesn't really come into play. So he's not affected by this insanity? Uh, Not at first. uh, But eventually, everything goes down the drain. So you end up meeting her father, Mr. Goshima. He's a potter. He makes pottery, he has a kiln and stuff, mother, and she has a brother too. They're all kind of normal, cut and dry people. It's nothing really crazy. The story isn't about her or her family, even though they're directly involved in the whole events. It's basically the freaky spiral shit going on with the town. So it's, it's, she's essentially the narrator of like these different stories. Yeah, exactly. She's bringing you from point, but she's in every single one, and it's all focused around her. Even though it doesn't really focus around her, you find out later on. So what happens with the father? He's just crazy and bad. Yeah, he's crazy. Like, in the first couple of frames, you can tell. You can see it in his eyes. So basically, you find out about Shuichi. He's he's saying, oh, my father's obsessed with spirals. I think it's an evil form or whatever. So she goes home, and his father is meeting up with her father, who's the potter. He wants Mr. Goshima to make some spiral pottery, right? And he's like going on and on about how he's obsessed and how it's the perfect form and this and that. So he puts in an order and, you know, you don't hear from him for a few days. You find out that he can roll his eyes individually. So he's able to manipulate his body to make weird spirally shapes, you're saying? Essentially, that's exactly what happens. He can roll his eyes inside of his head uh, 
in different directions and freaks out his son. You know, his family's becoming afraid of him. He's doing all sorts of things with whirlpools. He's getting angry at his wife and, you know, he's yelling at his children and he's going crazy. So a couple days pass and Kiri goes to deliver the pottery. Mm-hmm. And she, he's like, oh, hey, Kiri, what's going on? And she goes, oh, here's your, uh, here's your pottery. He goes, oh, I no longer have any need for that. No, wait, wait, crazy guy obsessed with things doesn't need spirals anymore? What no, the fuck? No, his obsession, you're like, wait a minute, is he cured of his obsession? No, not really. He's actually becoming involved in his obsession. He's like, oh, check out what I can do. So he sticks out his tongue, and it actually, like, grows and becomes like a spiral shape. It's like, a th- it becomes this huge, disgusting thing. And she freaks out, and she runs the fuck out of there. Okay, next thing that happens, we're at his funeral. He's getting cremated, right? The Suichi, he's like, we never told anybody what happened to my father, how we actually found him. She's like, well, you know, what happened? And he's like, well, a couple days ago, my father ordered this, like, keg, this round cask or whatever. Just kind of, it was a tub, basically, like an old Japanese wooden tub. And then they'd never seen it before, so they're like, okay, what the fuck? We can't find our dad. So (laughs) he goes, his mother lifts up open the cask with a tub, which is, you know, it's probably about a foot or two high and, you know, maybe about five feet in diameter. Mm -hmm. They open it up to their discovery. Fucking dad has wrapped himself up like his entire body's contorted into this spiral and it's very small at the point and it, it kind of widens out, you know, as his butt, like he squeezed himself into this tub and morphed himself into a fucking spiral. And the art of it, like the picture, that is, is very up. grotesque. It's very grotesque, very detailed. It's it's amazing work. Uh, Ito does great. Uh, That's you know, freaking great shocking. Anger. And I, I'm guessing that his family's now insane because of that. Yeah. Well, the next, the crazy thing that happens is that once he become, once he's cremated. You see his ashes go up into uh, into the atmosphere yeah. and swirls into a giant spiral cloud, which is very freaky. But everybody sees it. It's not like it's just the family that's that's obsessed with spirals. Everybody sees it. They're like, "Oh my god, horrible omen!" So then the, the spirals form. They can see his face inside the clouds, and the ashes actually look like they settle into this pond. It's I think it's like goose something goose shit pond or something like that. They get sucked down into it, and. Uh, you know, Kiri actually lives right next to this pond. So this pond has actually become, it, it, over the, the course of the story, becomes the epicenter of uh, the horrible, strange At things At this happening. point, if I was Kiri, I would say, Hey, Suichi, we're leaving now. Me and you, going away. Bye-bye. Yeah, well, you know, they don't do that. And for whatever fucking reason, they suggest that he's, he's like, Come on, let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. We got the train. Let's go. Well, eventually, because... This shit kind of spirals out of control. Pardon the pun. They get stuck there, and it gets weirder and weirder. How do they get stuck there? I don't know. Like, it doesn't happen until about the end of the second book that they actually can't leave. But a lot of stuff happens. Uh, I know we mentioned slug people. There's weird stuff, man. There's a kid that... It's basically picture... The way the story is told is a bunch of small, like, vignettes. You know, like individual stories, like a comic book. They're all strung together with the common characters... And eventually the whole town becomes involved. But um, it's just all these crazy fucking freaky things that happen. There's one girl that comes to town. She's obsessed with Suichi. And she's really cute. You find out from her other town that she grew up in. All the boys. She could have any boy that she wanted. Because of, like something happened. She hit her head and got a scar there. And like she's, 
they think the scar has powers, and eventually Suichi's like, oh my god, get the fuck away from me, that thing's evil. And then she's like, oh, what, my scar? And she reveals it in the scar, it used to be in the shape of a crescent, now it's a spiral in her head, and then she's, like, it's actually consuming her, like, it becomes like a, like a vortex in her brain, and it's just weird stuff like that. The snail people kind of never really get explained why people are becoming snails, but they actually become fucking snails, like, shells grow out of their backs, and it's just really weird. At one point, there's a, like, a fat kid that becomes the, the school pet, like, he crawls up on the school, his parents don't believe that that's him, and it's just really weird, really creepy. First book, great. Volume 1 is really good stuff. By the last of the uh, stories in Volume 1, you're, you're kind of left wondering where it's going to go. Yeah. Volume 2 starts off good, and then it kind of just gets fucking insane. By the last two or three stories, it's just ridiculous. Uh, the zombie babies with the crazy placentas that want to... Their mothers were bit by these crazy mosquitoes, so now they want to drink blood, and they, they are killing people in the hospital. And it's just fucking weird stuff, man. I, I can't really explain it. It's very weird. And then the, the amount of the storm that like was stalking the uh, Kiri. Yeah, eventually uh, the pond becomes like a whirlpool, and it's constantly in a whirlpool, and it actually creates pressure around the town. And like the slightest thing you do, like a clap, or you could blow, and it becomes a whirlwind. So like eventually the whole town gets devastated. Except for these select few buildings, which are uh, old, rotted Japanese longhouses. And it turns out that they play kind of a pivotal thing in the story, but uh, it's never really explained. Um, which brings me to the high points and low points of the book. High points of the book, very creepy. Just the, the way that he tells the story, the way he sets up his frames, very, very good. The detail in his drawing, his his ability as an artist are fucking top notch. Like the, the expressions in the faces, the body language, it's all there. It's not chibi style. It's uh, very realistic. Just the art is great. I, I love it. I have nothing bad to say about what he did. Storylines were kind of falters. Okay, like I said, first volume, excellent. You're introduced to the town. The freaky spiral stuff is going on. Other people see it, so obviously it's going to be about the whole town becoming consumed with this, and it eventually does. You, you introduce characters, and somehow they get sucked into the mystique of the spiral. But then it kind of falters. That's where the that's when it starts to falter. By volume three, it's just fucking utterly ridiculous what's happening. You don't know what's going on. You don't know where it's going to go. And up until the last frame, nothing is explained. And even after the last frame. You don't. You're like, what the fuck was the point of that? Like that. Unfortunately, that's where it left me. It's like, okay, we become emotionally attached to these characters. He's telling a story about them, but then when it gets to answering all the answers about the spiral, you don't find out, dick. And in fact, it's just it leaves you with more questions that'll never ever get answered. Unfortunately, but that is a very Japanese and also a lot of some of the other horror stories tropes. Where they leave it to your interpretation of how it ends and all of that. It's, it gives you more of that thinking afterwards and you just kind of but I, I see what you're saying it is a yeah. little annoying no I mean like listen I, I'm all about the open ending where it left for interpretation but literally I'm not going to spoil it you know I mean we could probably put spoiler alerts right here and I could talk about it but literally they uh, I can't I'm not even going to say it yeah just go to the, the bookshop and just sit on the floor and, mm-hmm. and so out of our five point rating what would you okay. give us let's see this is where I'm torn I don't want to trash this 
because there were certain elements I like. But because of the story and because just what it did to me, I'm going to have to give this a two. So you have to give this a... The pamphlet uh, in the fucking Psycho Ward, which is where you have to be, yep, where you uh, could end up. Material at your local <laughs> correction facility or psychiatric institute. If yeah. you're really into this into this manga, um, you definitely may end up in the psychiatric ward. But, you know, that's just my humble opinion. If, yeah. if you guys... you know, It's, if you, it's very... It's, it's won a bunch of awards, which I'm surprised at. And it's pretty popular, and they made mo- live action movies about this. So. Really, I'd have to see the live action movie to see maybe if there is an element that we picked up. Now it's very, you know, it's creepy. It's really creepy, but it's just like, for me, like I'm used to more American traditional style of storytelling, where you build up and then you get to your conclusion. You know, whether it's open or not, this was didn't really do that. They just kind of like. It's like, oh, you know, we get here, we're all, oh, we're gonna find out, oh, this is where the source of everything is, so we get here, and nothing. Nothing. And that, it's, I don't know, it, it killed it for me. So, I'm sorry if you really love Uzumaki, um, you know, I wanted to love it really, really fucking bad, and obviously, you know, I bought the whole series, you know, on a whim, which, you know, doesn't upset me, because now, you know, I have, it's, it's great for reference material, like, if you're a young, uh, manga artist, and you know you want to get some, yeah, or even yeah, exactly. Or you know, if you really like the the, the style, this is definitely great source material because as as a you know something a little bit of a former artist myself, you can really get the framing of, of a manga frame on a storytelling element of it. You know, you, you see what basically it's drawn like a movie. You know, basically it's like a, cin- a cinematographer uh, lens almost. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna have to reread it because I, I tore through the fucking thing. I, I was actually like, I consumed this. I was, I was in the whole spiral thing, and it was cool because he had like little little liner notes and stuff at the very end. Uh, what do you think about the the artist <laughs> with the, with the yeah? He's, he's, he basically tells you he's like, oh, I'm becoming obsessed with the spiral. Uh. So and you know you can see he was he was thinking about spirals. He was trying to incorporate them in his story. So on a personal like outside like the. The story of the actual man drawing the manga, um, you know, you could tell he was probably really into the whole concept. And in the movie uh, Pi, they go into a whole thing about how spirals are the basic form of the universe, and you know everything evolves around. And they give a good spiel about it. Which actually, you know, reading this reminded me of that. But they never went into that that aspect of it. It was kind of like a mysterious force, and it never really kind of panned out. Yeah, but that's actually so. It's it's almost like the number twenty four obsession, where the director did the same thing happen, where the majority of the cast, like Jim Carrey, actually had that in number twenty twenty seven. Uh, or was it twenty three or twenty three? Twenty three. In, in number twenty three, Jim Carrey actually has that condition also, where it's it's twenty three old. He could rattle off all the facts about twenty three, and it's a, a little obsession. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, like just because the spontaneity of the spirals coming up, like where they, you know. They don't really originate. It's kind of like the, it kind of just happens. So I think it's like him thinking the spirals are in his head, and then like you know he's like, oh, let me draw this girl. Oh, I wonder how I can fuck with her with the spirals. So that's that's basically what I think he did. But uh, you know I could be wrong. But that's just how I interpret it. But yeah. it kind of just it kind of just ended and fell flat at the end, and that was unfortunate because I really wanted it to up work. until halfway between three. Would you have said it was? Yeah, up until about, okay, about, let's see, uh, I don't know, I would say even up to the second story is where it starts to get ridiculous, because eventually people come into town, like rescuers and stuff, because nobody's heard anything about this, but eventually they can't leave. 
nobody can leave. Everybody's sucked into the town in the spiral. And they're, like, eventually they're trying to walk, like, camp, like, hiking trails and shit. And they're walking around in circles. And people are going crazy. And there's an effect on time. And, you know, just a lot of weird stuff. The whirlwinds have devastated the town. The longhouses stood, like, the ancient, you know, the old ruins. Like, they can't be knocked down. And so people start building on them. And it, they, they build everything in a spiral pattern. And it's really weird. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean... Check it out. I wouldn't buy it, you know, unless you got some money to kill. If you really like it, go ahead. And like I said, if you're a, if you're a, a artist, uh, definitely pick it up just for the art factor of it. Really solid fucking work. And that's about all I can say about it. Yeah. It sounds pretty in depth and pretty. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's worth the read. I've read okay. bits and pieces of it, and it's just that. Ito's work is a little too creepy for my taste. I mean, he's, he's obviously batshit crazy. We've, we've established he's fucking crazy. He's he's crazy and there's something wrong with him. I don't know if he's just mentally just deranged or what, but... You know what I'll have to do? I'll have to go back and, and listen to your review of... Uh, Go! And then maybe see, uh, you know... If you read Go, you, you might dig it, it's with, especially with the fart copter. <laughs> it's only two It's only two months. Yes, we didn't bring up fart copter, yes. For those who don't know. Because if you remember, the one person smell bad. Well, she. Anyway, we're 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 getting to we're digressing into yes. madness. Yes, we are, especially since well, it's almost that time. So, if you want to check out any of our earlier episodes, you can check us out at www.sparkin.com, or you can email us at sparkin at gmail dot com, or zanspirkin dot com, or deke dot sparkin at gmail dot com. We're under Twitter under Sparkin and Facebook under Sparkin Manga Review Group. And also, you can check out my psychiatry on the fightbait.com podcast. We're also on KNO Radio. Can't forget that. Which, let's check out, listen to us on KNO Radio. And without further ado, we just have time we're all waiting for. What am <gasps> I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? Was it a wheel that was forged by Hephaestus and thrown down by Zeus in a force of anger? Possibly. Was it frozen in a glacier and, and mistakenly uncovered by Norwegian science crews? Perhaps. We don't know. Well, what is the Wheel of Manga? It is a Wheel of Fortune with ten slots on it. What I've done is I've assigned a manga to each of the slots, and we have ten manga we've chosen. And what we're going to do is we're going to spin the Wheel of Manga, whatever number it lands on. That's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin Manga Review. Or, if you... Would you like to spin for the next episode? Uh, I would love to spin for the next episode. So uh, you, you spin for what you're going to review next time you come on, which oh may be next God. episode, maybe in three episodes. We okay. don't know. All so, right. since you're here, this is your first time, we'll let you spin the one, the only, the Wheel of Manga. All right, here it goes. I'm on spin. Good spin. Number seven, and number seven is Rave, which is Rave. was turned into Rave Master. It's a pretty interesting shonen series. Fight Bait is obsessed with it. It's okay. He actually, there's rumors that he had sex with a girl dressed up as one of the characters from Rave Master. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> okay. So it's got music with tones and stuff. It's kind of cool. All right. So let me spin what I'm going to review in the next episode. Please, not number 10. Oh my god. <laughs> Mazingo! Yes, I'm reviewing something by Gonagai. 
one of the greatest and greatest giant robot series ever. And we're gonna talk about Majinga Zetto. Yes, Mazinger Z. Holy shit! I thought I was gonna get Dark Mage. Dark Mage, I kind of wanted to get, but not well. perhaps. From well, sculpt the wheel of manga dictation. We must obey it. Oh, we must obey. Oh. Obey. <laughs> this is your god. Do you have any glasses we could put on and make sure that this isn't Well, well, that homeless guy, he's still over there asking for his money. He's actually uh, rummaging through your trash right now. Hey, you bum, get out of there. You still got my $10? We gave it to you already. Dude, he's pissing on the side of your house. Yeah, I'm nuts to him. <laughs> we'll make him wash it later after give him a nickel. He's like, okay, I'll clean it up. I'll lick it for you with my tongue. No, he's he's gonna actually he's gonna be like the golden voice homeless guy. <laughs> Did you see that fucking guy? Yeah. Uh, who hasn't, right? Yeah, very true. Uh, so I guess that's it for this episode. Holy smokes! Well, next episode, I'll be doing Mazinger Z. And next episode that Deke is on, it will be rave. Should I actually, uh, should I take some ecstasy before I read this? Like a true rave? <laughs> Perhaps. I don't know. We will see. Uh, so, guess that's it for this episode. So, as usual, this has been Deke. And this is your host, Zan, and we are Gonsville. Catch you next time, and remember, remember to brush your teeth, and also do your homework before this. And if you don't have either of those to do, drink some whiskey, and go drive a car. No, not drive a car. Do not drive a car if you drink um, Yeah, maybe just rock back and forth in the corner and punch some holes in the walls. Shoot some televisions. You can do that on whiskey. Yes. Uh, but whatever you do, do not drive a car. Yes, don't drive a car. And don't, actually, don't use a gun. Just sit there and drink and be happy. If you're over the age of 21, if you're under the age of 21, well, do your homework and otherwise, drink soda pop. Otherwise, you end up like DC. Chug vodka at 17 and then, uh,
Waking up on Christmas morning, opening up to see the shining faces. But Tommy doesn't know what day it is. <laughs> I don't, you know what, as much as I love uh, Tommy and the Who, like, I don't know all the f- fucking songs to that. <laughs> it could be, at least he's like, I'm your evil Uncle Ernie, and I've come to Sun to see you as I fiddle about, fiddle about, fiddle about, fiddle about. See me, feel me, touch me, heal me. Tommy can hear me. <laughs> Tommy, can you hear me? We have to review that eventually. Which one, the Elton John, the movie version? No, we should just say, instead of the Elton John version, we should just review the freaking... Uh, just the album? Just do the album and say the album is so much better. Even though like, you have Jack Nicholson do the the one song. He, he's got a good voice. What what song does he do? He does the one, um, It's there's... He seems to be completely unreceptive. The test I gave him showed no sense at all. His eyes react to light, the dials detect it. He hears but cannot answer to your call. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Is, is that just for the movie soundtrack? Yeah, just oh, for okay. the same thing with the, instead of the horrible, the, he's like, He can't beat me now, I've always been the champ. I know every hand, no freak's gonna beat my hand. Elton John, why do you ruin such things? Why? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty flamboyant. Well, we'll get back to that in a later, and I think I will save this just for some sort of strange stinger afterwards. Just you know what? Just like cut it into segments and then like reverse some and. Oh no no! This is this is definitely going to be the singer for the episode. backwards. Yeah, so if you stayed long enough, this is our stinger, and we're just talking about well, Tommy and whatnot. Oh, have you seen the new Spider-Man costume? Yeah, I have. 50-50. 50-50, cause it's know. it's slashed up and I was looking at the high res. It looks okay. Not great, it looks okay. The emblem looks all fucked up. What does he do? Finger painting on it? No, something? if you look at scars from the from the from the uh, lizard. So it, it, it got it, fucked up because of the the lizard, so it might look that's good. who he's fighting in this one? Yeah. Which so. is cool, okay, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll uh, have to see how Captain America. Awesome. I like the costume. Looks very good. Hell yes, it does. But I do want to see a streamlined version of it. Yeah, they only released the the 1940s one. But they said so that's far. gonna be the final. That's gonna be the final for the movie. So we won't see him in present day. Oh, okay. I hope they update it because it looks really bulky. I was like, oh, they like, will. I'm sure they will. But it, come on, that, that's all. They're using 1940s technology. You know I, mean, I mean, I like his USO costume though, which is just the brown leather jacket with the wood shield. I was like, yes. Yeah, but then yeah. seeing him with that, I was like, oh my god, that looks. Awesome. Riding a motorcycle and shit. And the new I one. Looks, when does Cap come out? Uh, July. June 22nd. Really? It should have been July 4th. It should have been July 4th. When does Thor come out? That's, that's May like, 22nd. I'm actually kind of pumped for Thor. Like, It looks really fucking good. And they got a lot of star power in that, too. No, Thor looks really good, and so does... Uh, they all look good. I know you guys said Greenland looks bad, but when I saw the trailer in 3D with Tron, yeah. I was digging it. Because they redesigned. You look, the costume was redesigned. Wait, you got to see the, the Green Lantern trailer? With... Uh, Tron I saw Legacy. Tron in 3D. Yeah, no. You didn't see the, the Green Lantern no, trailer? No, they didn't have it. Yeah, they had it. No, it was in. It was one of the 3D trailers. So it was the Thor trailer. Was Son in 3D. of a bitch. And it looks better. It looks the costume they redesigned. It, it looks better. Oh, man. And so now no, I'm actually... I can't even think about this. I'm so pissed off. I got robbed out of uh, the Thor 3D trailer and the Green Lantern the, trailer. It's the what Thor the 3D trailer. Looks, it, it's okay. It's not great. I saw it at the Stinna and, like, you know... 
they didn't have any trailers before the movie. Oh, that's bullshit. We saw it at uh, the Galleria. Uh, and if you listen, how's you, the three D that 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 theater? It's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. I still don't like seeing it in IMAX, but IMAX they don't give you any trailers anymore. Just like the movie starts. Yeah. Well, I mean that's okay because you're fucking paying enough for an IMAX. I want that shirt for IMAX, so the Tron shirt. It says Tron Legacy on the front, mm-hmm. then the back. It's got a freaking eye disc. Oh yeah. I was like, yes. That's pretty sweet. You should just buy the eye disc and just just carry it around all the time. Yeah. Uh, like, hippies have been doing that for years. They call them frisbees. <laughs> hey man, I, w- <laughs> I love watching Tron, man. Let's go chuck this disc around. Suddenly, I picture hippies like saying, "Now the truth has been revealed. We're gonna derash you." And they start. <laughs> no, remember it's like, oh yeah, imagine that. Like if frisbees had the power to derez people. You like. The hippies are in control now. So what do you want to do? <coughs> I want to get high. All right, what else? I want to get high. I just want to kind of like walk around and like check stuff out, man. And like, you know, you're messing up my whole zen thing, man. <laughs> that was my bare line the whole fucking movie. That was great. I was dying when I heard that. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Suddenly I just pictured him being like, man, I need a white Russian. <laughs> Yo, he said like... In the first, in the first Tron, I remember like our review. We talked about it, and like I was like, "Oh yeah, uh, Jeff Bridges is Lebowski. Is you know Flynn is Jeff Bridges. You know that's it's carried over. Like he's he he's able to slip back in in, in those shoes. Jeff Bridges is a fucking incredible actor. Yes, he is. And True Grit, he was pretty good to oh, True, True Grit was too. awesome, dude. Yes, I it love was. True Grit. But we'll get to that in another in another episode. The one thing, the other thing I liked in the movie. I liked a lot of the little nods in Tron too, especially the one the the door opening and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's a real big that's door." A big door. <laughs> it's like, yes, you're you are you are guarding the master control. Yeah, that was kind of convoluted at first, like the whole deal, like what exactly was going on. Plus, the guy, fucking what's his name, Cillian Murphy. Yeah, the scarecrow from Batman. I thought that was a nice nod when it said Edward Ed Dillinger Jr. I was like. That's his son. Who was Dillinger, like the old? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, David Warner. But that guy was only in it for two seconds, and he's not credited. Son of a bitch! Uh, you're, probably, you're probably right. Yeah, he wasn't credited. He was just like kind of like a cameo, just to kind of nod at it. They could have done so much more. But they got a different. They got. I mean, they got that guy. Maybe he, he was a, just a fan of Tron. Yeah. And was like you know the guy from Inception and, and all those movies. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Cillian Murphy. Cillian yeah. Murphy. But um. Yeah, well, they had Warner. I think he's dead. So, yeah. Oh, probably. <laughs> Plus, he no. Nah, he was he was in some other stuff though. I, I can't think. Not of recently. Right? I think he's like. No, nah, maybe not recently. I haven't seen him in a while. But gripe about Tron, dude. Tron wasn't even in it. Why is it called Tron? <laughs> well, I said it was because it was a legacy. But if that was a legacy, they should have had Bradley uh, Allen's son instead of just Allen. That would have made more yeah. sense. If it was Allen's son instead of just. Instead of uh, Sam, who is Flynn's son. Yeah, exactly. Because fucking what's his name? Uh, it would be cool if it was actually Tron that went against you know the world. You know, if Tron was the main bad guy. I mean, I like if you take the the name out of context, you just take it as okay. It's a son, it makes more sense. And the movie was wasn't that bad. The fact they're making a TV show, um, and that Tron's like the one of the main characters in it, and Shia LaBeouf is gonna be like the voice of the main character. Oh yeah. Is it gonna be like Cartoon Network show? Yeah, or? it's gonna take place in between the uh, the rising of Clue and the movie, so it could be kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, it was neat. It was neat to see. I mean, but like, 
That's the bottom line. It would have made more sense, like on a on a the movie. If the name was different, if the, if if Clue wasn't the main character, if Tron was the main character, because you don't even see Tron's face. Like they didn't even. No, you him. see him like three times in the movie. Did I? I don't remember seeing his face when though. he's walking down with him before. When, right when the coup happens, you see his face. You see a young. Oh, Bruce okay. Box yeah. Lighter. All right. Yeah, but he had the fucking helmet on the rest of the, the yeah. rest of the time. It, yeah, it was kind of. A, it was weird. I protect the user. That was the only thing he fucking said. It's like, come then, on. <laughs> but he never really but actually de reses. But so. he turns back to normal, which is kind of gives you hints for the other one, because they are making another one. And he was in the water, and that is like their fucking... Power source. Yeah. So, so he's going to be like... Doo, doo, doo. He's going to come up like Super Shredder, like... And, Fl- and uh, <laughs> Flynn is technically still alive. Yeah, they He's on the disc. Yeah, he is a, yeah, he's part of the disc, right? And then it was weird that the, the girl came out. Well, she said that there was possible because she was something different. Well, she was DNA, basically. She was li- basically they were talking about that was life because yeah. remember he's doing a whole thing and like t- redoes a program and takes out the damage bit and it actually evolves into a strain yeah. and then just kind of floats off and becomes something. It's like far out, man. That was cool. So I bet the next one to be about their kid. That would be interesting. They have some weird hybrid. <laughs> Uh, what like, a, like a Neo type guy that could control computers in the real world without fucking touching them. Yes. I think that's it. Nine minutes is a good stinger, <laughs> I think. That's a good stinger, yeah. So you got a couple different reviews, and, uh, and it's we'll... been fun talking. Yep. See you in a bit. Bye, guys. Peace. <laughs>